0: Hey, really good friends. This episode contains content that may be alarming to some listeners. Please check the show notes for more detailed descriptions and take care of yourself. Hello. And welcome.
1: To Historically Really Good Friends.
0: A queer history podcast.
1: I am Rachel Craig.
0: And I'm Jared Femblow. And hello welcome back to another holiday episode.
1: Gobble gobble friends.
0: Gobble gobble turkey turkey.
1: It's turkey day. Turkey lurkey. Turkey lurkey. <laughs> turkey lurkey lurkey. Turkey, turkey, lurky,
0: lurky. Uh-huh. What's the what's the song from uh, Glee? What song? They do let's have a kiki slash like turkey lurkey day or something. Oh. Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: I don't because I didn't watch that far in Glee. And also in our Halloween episode, we canceled Glee. So so, I don't remember. Okay, wow. I don't remember. (laughs)
0: Oh my God. Wow. I completely forgot about that. Okay. Scratch that. No turkey lurkey.
1: Turkey lurkey.
0: How are you? How are you feeling in this time of thanks and (laughs) (laughs) giving?
1: I am feeling really thankful. Are you And giving? really generous. Is I she am giving? giving. She's giving. She's, giving. She's, She's giving. giving. She's giving.
0: Okay. I'm
1: feeling really great. I love the fall time. It's like mm-hmm. my favorite cuffing season. Haha. I don't know if people still say that anymore. Do you ever say that? No. Cuffing hat? season? Yeah. What is that? Like, um, in the fall time, everybody seems to start relationships because it's, like, cold oh. and cuddly, I guess. Like, it's cuffing season. Uh,
0: it's You're like a hibernation cuffed. thing?
1: Uh, Yeah, or just, like, a warm, cozy, wear a sweater, kiss a person vibe. Oh,
0: okay. You know? No, I've never heard like, of like, that. It's,
1: it's not winter where it's just, like, everything is, like, oppressively cold mm. and you don't want to go outside oh, and meet people. But the mm-hmm. fall is, like really nice you have the like winter clouds rolling in and you could take a really good photo of the sure. sun on your face because it's perfect lighting sure, it's not too you got harsh. some ciders yeah, yeah.
0: Ooh, of course I love a good cider. right yeah, yeah, right yeah.
1: exactly exactly so that's why it's just like perfect cuffing weather sure. I guess
0: well besides okay besides cuffing season what <laughs> yes. do you do to get in the mood for Thanksgiving because I was thinking about it today before we started recording there's like no thanksgiving music you know like at least halloween has like the monster mash or like creepy sound effects like screaming in a a house haunted house but thanksgiving doesn't really have anything
1: um screaming in just a regular house uh (laughs) really really sums up thanksgiving
0: sure uh so true i mean bob's burgers has a thanksgiving song
1: so I like to do for every different holiday watch some of my favorite shows holiday episodes because every like you were saying Bob's Burger. So like Mm -hmm. every different TV show kind of claims a different holiday. Sure. So New Girl has some really good Thanksgiving episodes. Friends Classic has some really good Thanksgiving episodes.
0: But do we address the like transphobia in Friends? Oh, yeah.
1: Friends. Friends. Okay, so I talk about this quite often. I'm outing myself a little bit. So I am named after Rachel Green because... My mom, I don't know, I was born mm. in 98, I guess she was just like watching a lot of Friends. It's sure. a shame that she picked Rachel. But anyway, what else? I've been watching Friends since I was like in the womb. Yeah. Since I was a fetus. So I recently started rewatching Friends to see if it still lived up to it. Mm-hmm. And I was rewatching and I was like, hmm, there are some problematic elements.
0: Yeah, I would say a lot. There are
1: quite a few problematic elements that I don't love i i the show still makes me laugh and so i mm. i do have a little bit of cognitive dissonance where i separate uh, for that show specifically mm-hmm. i'm i separate a lot of those things out and still am able to laugh at some of some of the jokes there while recognizing the more problematic pieces like yeah there is like not really a person of color on the show and it ran for like a no. lot of seasons
0: yeah, 10 years
1: Yeah, it's just like thin white people hanging out being rich. Um,
0: There is is transphobic jokes mm -hmm. and content. There's homophobic jokes for
1: sure. I mean, like rampant, Mm -hmm. but you have to balance that with the fact that somebody gets a turkey stuck on their head. So obviously worth it content. That was a joke, friends. You can't see my sarcasm through the screen. That was a joke.
0: (laughs) But besides transphobic friends, what... What, do, would, what else do you do?
1: Yeah. So Bob's burger, So I watch all of those kind of TV shows. Yeah. I'm a big, I try to watch the Macy's Day parade oh, every year. Uh-huh. Although yeah. as I've gotten older, it seems that that parade starts earlier and earlier in uh. the morning. <laughs> so I haven't been able to catch it. And I don't celebrate Black Friday on principle. Celebrate, sure. observe. Are you a Black Friday shopper?
0: No, I, I couldn't care less. I've never been to the stores on Black Friday. I don't want to get trampled. I am yeah. at this point. I do love a good Cyber Monday because it's all online, okay. and so I don't have to see anybody. I don't have to go into the store, and I can get right. the deals online. So that right. is that's more my my, my jam. But- jam?
1: Do you like a Do you like a jam? Do you like a Thanksgiving jam?
0: Like a cranberry sauce. I like jam in general.
1: Well, okay.
0: But cranberry sauce. So this was the sauce... question. Sure. Okay. Oh,
1: hold on. Because I want to note that I asked. I wrote this down. I typed it out mm-hmm. a- on paper, mm-hmm. and I wrote, "Do you like cranberry sauce?" As a question that I felt imperative for our friendship and this podcast.
0: Okay. So do you? Uh, typically, no.
1: Wrong.
0: No. Okay. <laughs> well, wait, <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Well, before you end our friendship and this podcast, okay. I enjoy it sometimes.
1: Okay. Based on what? What changes for you?
0: Cranberry sauce needs to come from a can. It needs to be kind of artificial. It needs to be the shape of the metal. You know squiggles like the yes. lines on the can
1: I want it to shake with all the little yeah. divots all yes. the little you know I yes. want my cranberry sauce to have a little canned cellulite sure. it's got it
0: sure but typically I, I don't um I don't go for cranberry sauce because I'm not a big turkey person
1: okay so this brings me to another really important point mm-hmm. I have never once met a person who enjoys eating turkey on Thanksgiving <laughs>
0: I think people do it because it's tradition and it's, like, a thing that we're told people do. But I don't – I agree. I don't think I've ever met someone that's, like, I really love eating turkey on Thanksgiving.
1: I eat soup that my mom makes Mm -hmm. as her first course.
0: Okay, wait. Yeah, I was – this is one of my questions. What does your plate look like?
1: Okay. Okay, so – We eat Thanksgiving in multiple different courses. Okay. So there's a couple different plates involved. Mm -hmm. I will eat the soup that my mom makes, typically a split pea soup.
0: Interesting. I will
1: eat a whole bowl of my mom's split pea soup.
0: Slurp it down.
1: During that same course, I'm sorry, pre-split pea soup, Mm -hmm. there is bread, cheese, charcuteries
0: charcut. okay so a, right, charcut- a split pea
1: as we're cooking so i have that
0: oh tinawsh
1: yes i'm getting pretty full at this point sure. i'm getting a little bit full i've oh. eaten half the brownie batter
0: right 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 so Interesting. getting Brownies. a little full okay
1: when it's time for the main course i really am not a turkey person also right. but most people in my family aren't <laughs> my sister's also vegan so mm. like we have so she some loves
0: al- the pardoning of the turkey
1: she does. That's, she does.
0: That is her Macy's Day parade.
1: And like some Tofurkey's happening
0: oh, uh-huh. situation. Okay, sure.
1: So main course happens. I eat mm-hmm. an entire My Mom, bless her soul, mm-hmm. will put a separate full can cranberry mm-hmm. sauce in a bowl just for me.
0: Sure. Oh, so okay. I eat
1: a can of cranberry sauce.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. I eat <laughs> okay.
1: I eat stuffing.
0: Yeah, I'll eat my weight in stuffing, but yes. I can't have meat in my stuffing. It has to be meat no, stuffing. It has to be a dressing. There's meat
1: in stuffing?
0: Yeah, typically.
1: Oh, not the kind I eat. We're, we're working stove. My mom's well, a fantastic cook, but we're working stovetop stuffing and okay. so, and little cranberry sauce out of a can.
0: So you know what I learned, and I don't want to go into detail on this because we're already you know, reaching our intro mm-hmm. limit. There's a difference between stuffing and dressing. Stuffing is what you put in the turkey, and dressing is stuffing that's not in the turkey. So if you just make, like, a pan mm. or a sheet of bread and celery stuffing, and right. all of what we know as stuffing, it's called dressing. So I'm a big dressing person. I don't like okay. stuffing because that's the all meat All right, me the... too.
1: So I guess I am also a dressing person that is similar to, shout out American Italians in the chat, uh, sauce and gravy. So mm,
0: So, okay, real quick mashy peas creamy or 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 um chunky
1: no peas unless they're in the soup
0: <laughs> no 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 mashed potatoes mashy oh peas. oh you
1: said mushy peas no i said and mashy peas like, okay i love a good lump give me a sure.
0: lump yeah i don't do you I like skin on skin off
1: um skin off we don't we can circumcise those potatoes <laughs> okay. we can do... yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no thanks Muzzle. for me it, it ha- hold just hold a little
0: brisk and then they go in the pot right, you, you cream right. Them. Okay.
1: How about you?
0: Same? No, so our family, so we were always the family growing up that everyone would come to our house. And so we would host the Thanksgiving. Cousins from okay. everywhere or cousins from my mom's side would come to our house. Okay. We would sit in our dining room, all of the food on the table, one, mm-hmm. one course. We eat as quickly as we can. Right. You shove it down. I eat my entire body weight in dressing, mashed potatoes. Mm. my mom i didn't like this before but i like it now it's a i want to say yam it's a Mm. sweet potato potato. with like marshmallow brown sugar on top it's like a dessert a sweet too sweet
1: for me but i like sweet potatoes lovely
0: corn love a good corn
1: (laughs) corn love it our bowels don't but we love a corn (laughs) right
0: i do not digest it but i love a good new jersey sweet corn
1: (laughs) Mm.
0: gravy I, boats and boats of gravy. Ugh.
1: But what do you put it on if you're not eating turkey? The
0: mashed potatoes.
1: Okay. Fair, and you know what? I, I
0: will eat a little bit of turkey because how could you not? Right. It's Thanksgiving. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess you wouldn't if you're, you know, a vegetarian or a vegan or whatever. Right. But we kind of like forego the rules. My family. Sure. You know, we're a bunch there of are no rules. Uh, yeah. sure. Yeah. Everything is bendable. Everything's made up.
1: Sure. Yeah. Sure. It's the beauty of thanksgiving
0: right but we eat and then we have like a pie or a, some sort of dessert mm-hmm. you know and then maybe we'll watch it's the great pumpkin charlie brown or whatever right. it's called and then go to sleep and it, you like wake up and you have leftover food for the next week mm-hmm. and you know uh, grateful that i have the food <laughs> left over and grateful that i have the food in general and then it's over, and it's like it never happened. It mean is nothing. It means nothing, you know. <laughs>
1: okay, yeah, just fuck it. It means nothing. Well, because, I think... because then we all go into debt on Cyber Monday for a fun Christmas present.
0: Right, exactly. Right. That I usually buy for myself, but I do think that it's important <laughs> to know, especially for non-American listeners, which we do have a few. Thank you for listening Thanks. to our Thanksgiving episode, but. I feel like, and I don't know if this is the case for your family or other families in the United States of America, but especially for my family, we don't celebrate Thanksgiving for how it started. Like, we're not, like, we came to this land and we grew crops from a fish with the Native Americans. It's, like, a very um, harmful holiday. There's a lot of dark history that goes into it it's not a holiday that really needs to be celebrated i think it's nice that we get together and are with our families and can be mm-hmm. grateful and spend time together but i think it's also important to recognize the atrocities that occurred in order to kind of birth this holiday
1: yeah, I. It's definitely the same for my family. For most holidays, like we're not really right. super religious. Like we celebrate Christmas, but we're not celebrating Christ. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> we're not celebrating pilgrims on. Thanksgiving, and of course, like you were saying, I think it's a holiday that's meant to intentionally erase our history with indigenous populations here in the States to be like, oh, it wasn't so bad, everybody. We get to eat turkey. Right, they were um, Which is objectively the worst meal that you can have. Yeah. It's good times. <laughs> just don't worry about anything else. So right. it's definitely interesting. I think it's just a transition holiday, um, again, that's meant to be like that... Soft, cushy landing for us mm-hmm. uh, white folks yeah, for sure. about the indigenous land that we're occupying. And right. then we just transition into Christmas time.
0: <laughs> right. Or Hanukkah.
1: Or, just general or holiday time. To- yeah. December holiday times.
0: Which there are definitely a lot of. Mm-hmm. So, Rachel. Yes. It's the fall. We're getting cozy. We're cuffing. We with are. People. people are cuffing. And... Some of us are seeing our families. Some of us aren't. We're grateful. We're thankful here on this podcast. But we're also here for another reason. We're here to talk about something that I don't know what it is yet. You have a story for us this week.
1: I do. I do have a story that I am so very excited to share with you all. It is a, I think, really nice Thanksgiving holiday story for us all to kind of sit around by the fire Mm, curl up get cozy get cuffing i'm not even using it right at this point i don't know but we've been talking about like being around family during the holiday times and that being sort of the central theme that we've carried over because we're not really celebrating the holidays at least many of us are not celebrating the intention of the holidays but it's this excuse to sort of be with people that you might not normally get a chance to spend some quality time with mm-hmm. so today i want to spend a little bit of time talking about the queer potluck charlie brown
0: what it, okay <laughs> i love a good potluck <laughs> i love right queer things i love i'm i'm in i'm sold already get me tickets send me an invite i am there
1: Perfect. We're just, we're going to talk about more food to prepare you all for the eventual meals that I hope that you have. Okay. So sources that I used for this exploration into the Queer Potluck include a Columbus Monthly article by Joy Ellison entitled, Rainbow Rant in Praise of the Queer Potluck We're Not Having This Thursday, Setting the Table for Queer Futures by Lynn Hewn for Color Block. How the Potluck Became an Essential Tool for Queer Community Building by Michelle Hoon Kim for Then. How Lesbian Potlucks Nourished the Queer Movement by Raina Gattuso for Atlas Obscura. And finally, A Toast to Wine Wednesday by Maura Ryan for Outward by Slate. So I'm very excited to talk about some of these origins of the potluck. But first, I want to talk about what a potluck is for those not familiar with it in the queer community and or not 48 years old or older. (laughs) So potluck is a word that to me, doesn't sound at all like the action it's describing.
0: Yeah, I would agree.
1: It's such a strange, like, it's not one of those words that feels very intuitive. I don't no. know what it would sound like. Like a leprechaun situation, maybe, right? Yeah. Leprechaun, uh, rainbow. I almost just
0: said 4th of July. What holiday is that? St. Patrick's Day.
1: St. Patrick's mm-hmm. Day. Yeah, mm-hmm. something Irish, Celtic, something. Oh, but yeah, we know. Right. But no, Mm -hmm. instead, it describes a gathering of people who all bring a different dish or food to a party and this gathering to complete a full sort of shared family style meal.
0: I love a potluck.
1: I know. They're great. They Mm -hmm. are truly a wonderful, magical experience. I hope everyone gets to have. Mm -hmm. Sort of similar to how some of our Thanksgiving traditions may operate if everybody brings something different or if one person cooks. Also, while looking up, trying to find like a succinct definition because a potluck's kind of a feeling. <laughs> it's <Yeah. laughs> hard to put into words. Other names for potluck that make less sense okay. included a fuddle, mm. F-U-D-D-L-E, so I don't know, and Jacobs join, Jacobs join.
0: Would you spell join for me? J-O-I-N? Join
1: as in join, yeah, join together. So the is join. H-
0: who are the Jacobses?
1: The Jacobses, next door, they join. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay, you're right. So So potluck out of all three of these (laughs) is the best option, I would say. Right, makes the most sense. Right. But
1: if you've never heard of what a potluck is, or if you call it something different, I hope you agree that this was not an intuitive Mm -mm, sounding mm -mm, word. mm -mm. But that's what we're talking when we talk about potlucks. And... This potluck as we know it began in the US at least as early as 1860s, when settlers and cough cough colonizers, um, as we're yeah. talking about it, in Minnesota would have these potlucks to exchange seeds and crops mm-hmm. rather than like full-cooked meals. They were exchanging other like preparatory ingredients. And since sharing the burden of food buying and preparation allows folks to then also share the burden of paying for all of this food Mm -hmm. potlucks were very very common during the great depression as well Mm. so anytime that there was financial or economic strain on a community often people would turn to potlucks
0: that makes a lot of sense because in college i was a part of many a potluck that included Mm. ramen packets and half-eaten chips or bags of Mm -hmm. chips not the chips themselves were half eaten (laughs) you know (laughs) so yeah yeah, everybody
1: bring what you have
0: right it's like the end of the semester clear out your fridge we got to get rid of everything go Mm -hmm. spend go spend the last of your campus meal dollars
1: yeah yeah just like buy it up and then put it on the table i would argue a a few halloweens have been potluck style you know you got to put all your candy in the middle and then everybody shares everybody mm -hmm. shares no, I'm sharing, not trading. We're equitable here okay, in the Craig you're. household.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So kind of throwback to season one finale. So that's episode 27. If you haven't heard and want to go back and listen to it. But the women who founded the Daughters of Villitus – who were the focus of that episode actually used the potluck in the beginning of the daughters as a means of connection to the fellow group members and as a way to gather in spaces and create their collective without drawing too much attention, which was really important. If you remember from that episode to protect their safety and their privacy Mm -hmm. in a scene around them in San Francisco, that wasn't really equipped for them to be, Mm-hmm. part of that community right there's kind of that early history of lesbians and the daughters of bilitis being associated with potlucks they were lesbians were really at the heart of the potluck scene reclaiming a space that women were so often subjected to remain in which was the home so reina Gattuso says quote lesbians have been known to potluck everything from protests to sex parties Born of economic necessity and nurtured in political struggle, lesbian potlucks fed a vision of a more equal world, unquote. So lesbians were able to create a refuge of anonymity, a sense of family, and a home-cooked meal, which for a lot of people, all of those things could have been missing. And... What I also find really spectacular about this is the fact that labor within the home was always looked down upon, especially in the 60s and 70s when we're really seeing this sort of potluck come up and around the idea of labor within the home was second rate. just like the women who were supposed to be performing it mm-hmm. and so in all of that just as they were rejecting some of the other things placed upon them lesbians were like fine I'll cook and clean um, uh, but you know what I'm gonna make that a fucking Michelin star chef's kiss four course meal mm-hmm. soup salad mm-hmm. unlimited breadsticks
0: oh, super like, salad
1: right with all the girls like soup everybody's gonna come party uh-huh. soup and salad mm-hmm. super salad and S- super soup. salad
0: and more
1: right and you all can't have any then mm-hmm. so like fine me right. and all my gal pals mm-hmm. me and all my really good friends mm-hmm. are gonna make all this amazing food and share this time together and we'll stay in the house fine sure. but like we'll party in our house for a week
0: <laughs> right right right, right.
1: So though, especially in the early days, these potlucks were closely associated with lesbian movements, the early days also allowed for gay men in rural areas to establish this same sense of community. So often on the podcast, we've talked about queer spaces in really big metro areas Mm -hmm. like A lot of times it ends up being in New York or San Francisco. And so these queer spaces have at times been dominated by gay men, which forced other queer folks to congregate less publicly, as we saw with the Daughters of Bilitis and lesbian movements. However, we kind of failed to talk about and incorporate the ways in which gay men from more rural or suburban areas found community. So when we talk about the gay bars dominating Like New York City in the 60s and 70s, well, that's just New York City. So those spaces did not always apply everywhere across the country or globally more so. The potluck served a similar purpose for those gay men who were not in these really big cities. Michelle Hoon Kim, in the article for them, writes According to a 2001 study about the lifestyles of men who live on the suburban rural fringe of Massachusetts, many gay men who lived in the state's Connecticut River Valley area during the 90s were committed to a domestic life that was close to the American dream, centered on the home. So, other people, gay men specifically, really did find the same sort of comfort and community with. Potlucking culture almost. Mm-hmm. And side note, Jared, or listeners, does suburban rural fringe of Massachusetts and gay men in the nineties maybe make you think of anyone in particular?
0: Is it a historically really good friend?
1: It's not.
0: Okay. I can't think of anyone.
1: It... Uh it immediately reminded me as I was reading that quote of Katya. <laughs>
0: Oh, girl, she is not on the fringe anymore.
1: No, not any, not anymore. But mm-hmm. just when she talks about, oh, like, so growing funny. up in Massachusetts,
0: yeah. <laughs> As a just, like,
1: really, I was like, routine. Katya, Katya was at some potlucks. <laughs> sure, sure,
0: sure. Oh, my God. I I was, okay, not where my mind went. Great.
1: So that's where I went with that. I wanted to touch on the fact that, like so many movements, and just as we were talking about in our opening too, the early potlucking days were also pretty fraught with divisiveness and exclusion. Mm-hmm. For some reason, veganism became really closely related to lesbianism. Like veganism and vegetarianism okay. was like a lesbian food. Yeah, which
0: only lesbians can eat vegetables and only vegetables. Yes.
1: <laughs> Yeah, so like the idea of like tofu and veggies was, was like, like a lesbian oh, thing. was a lesbian thing, mm. I guess. Okay. But that was kind of becoming really popular among a lot of white lesbians. Mm-hmm. And because of veganism, as not eating any animal byproducts, was not inclusive of everyone's cultural and ethnic cuisine. Sure. So if you're asking people, to bring a bunch of food and share a meal together. It's really like slicing off a lot of different ca- like food groups if yeah. you're like, you cannot eat any animal right. byproducts. And that's not really applicable to everyone. And that's not what everyone has access to. Mm-hmm. So basically, it kind of applied to wealthy white women. Mm-hmm. And what happened was people were pretty ostracized and more so actually racially segregated in these different communities. Queer communities became racially segregated because the gathering spaces, when they began to revolve around food, Mm. the racial divide sort of bled into that. It wasn't just a feminist or a queer movement. It really still, of course, carried all of those same biases.
0: Mm. I have a question. So so are these people on the fringe... Right, these people yeah. that are now being excluded, racially ex- excluded, are they then creating their own potlucks? What are they doing to deal with? Not, not how are they solving this, but what is their, what is their root then after being ostracized from a queer potluck?
1: That's a really good question. So yeah, I think what happened was at this time that these sort of gathering potluck spaces were coming up. It was when all of these other sort of simultaneous movements were happening. So what we can still see remnants of very much today is that, yeah, they kind of just branched off and it wasn't as cohesive. So people were able to adopt their own type of potlucks, but then it was just very segregated in different spaces. So we saw this with the feminist movement, and a lot of early lesbians were a part of those feminist movements. And we saw that with the Daughters of Bilitis too, like that's where that divergence really led to. Mm -hmm. But the feminist movement was a seriously racially segregated movement still is to this day. And so when that separation happened, everybody just kind of found their own community. Mm -hmm. But it was less inclusive because Mm -hmm. it was just communities that already reflected your own values.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: So today though, we see a little bit more awareness about that difference and a a willingness to embrace and enjoy those differences instead of being like, if I have a vegan food at the potluck, you can't come.
0: (laughs) Which is, which is dumb because I feel like That's the great thing about a potluck is everybody brings something different and then everybody gets to enjoy what everybody it's not like, Rachel, I am bringing a turkey for you and you have to eat this. You know, it's right. like every that's kind of the beauty of a potluck is, is everyone gets to make their own plates. Everybody gets to enjoy their own things. So it right. feels like it would be kind of an inclusive practice and, and space to be like, everybody bring what you are interested in, bring something from exactly. your culture, bring what you like to eat and then get to share it with everybody. And then it's like one big happy party. So it's a shame that it truly led into all of these racial issues and that we saw in other movements of the time
1: yeah absolutely and i do think it took a while but people are really adopting that same mentality of like that was not the point mm-hmm. because and we'll talk about it in a minute how like potlucks and sharing food is not just about the satisfaction you get from eating a meal. It's also so much about the satisfaction you get from being around a community who really, really cares about you. And so the ability to bring something that represents yourself Mm -hmm. and have other people enjoy that. And like communally share something is far more important than right. Then everyone has to eat the same thing. And I, yeah, so we've kind of moved around that sort of side note Mm -hmm. as you were talking, it, Reminded me one time I was looking for a roommate in New York City, and she was like, "I'm vegan, so you are not allowed to have in the house any non-vegan food or cook mm. on anything like non-vegan food or n- anything." And I was like, "So you just want me to be a vegan?"
0: That is like a miserable person. Like, okay, yeah, I, I was hope like, you "Happy with your vegan roommate that you maybe eventually found, but like, girly, cut it out." I was
1: like, "Cool." Yeah, your, like, really, like, expensive Brooklyn walk-up, like, where my right. bedroom is probably zoned as a closet, it's not worth it, thanks, right. though.
0: thank you, though.
1: But we have really morphed that idea of the Pollock into not being everyone has to be a vegan because I eat vegan Uh or everyone has to eat the same food I do. You know, Mm -hmm. we're not talking about just turkey and mashed potatoes anymore. Mm -hmm. Like we're expanding that and being able to be so much more connected to people because Mm -hmm. of that. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I love when people make food and then tell me about it, but even just describe their favorite food to me. I'm like, that sounds so wonderful. And you seem so happy about that. Like, that's great.
0: Right. I want to learn about the food that makes you happy and the food that makes you comfortable and the food that you Mm -hmm. like to make. And what does that say about you and your family and how you grew up? Like, you're different than me. I would have never known about that food. Like, that's so interesting. Or now I want to try it or, you know, any of these things. Like, it's almost more beneficial to have these conversations mm-hmm. and experience these new foods and these people and cultures and all yeah, of these other good it's, things
1: it's so great and that piece of it especially like the modern day idea of, of a potluck now encompasses so much about queer identity which is why I really liked talking about this for a, a holiday where we're gathering mm-hmm. with family with friends with coworkers, with colleagues like we're gathering with people and it's so important to be able to embrace the people that we have around us. And Mm so a potluck now truly does live up to that inclusivity that we strive for. So everyone can bring a dish that represents them and their identity. You bring it to a home where you can be your authentic self around people who love you. You can play some disco music. Mm -hmm. You can enjoy the people around you as a chosen family if they're not your family of origin.
0: That's a big thing. Right. That's a huge point.
1: That's what the potluck allows people to do is create these families. Mm -hmm. Because so much of our family dynamics, if you think about it, really revolve around food. And so the potluck allows people to have that same sense of family around people that they choose and are accepted around. While there is no like queer food, except maybe like brunch. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> like officially. a brunch. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> a brunch is queer. So,
1: so there's no, like, as much as people were trying to be like, all these white lesbians, like, tofu is your thing. Tofurky. Okay. Right. Like, maybe. But I would say there's no queer food. Mm-hmm. The concept of a potluck is a representation of queerness, mm-hmm. it is a physical representation of the TLC that queer people can offer one another. Lynn Hune in Color Block summarizes Audrey Lorde's definition of erotic and its application to potlucks. They say eroticism is defined in this way as, quote, a profound resource of knowledge and pleasure that provides power in the sharing of joy, in the sharing of a deep pursuit, and in the building of bridges between people, unquote. And that's really what the potluck is all about. Right. Maura Ryan in the article for Outward shares of her tradition, which she calls Wine Wednesday, that her community feels, quote, that the food is only a small part of what we do at our Wine Wednesday. It's a little bit of feeding each other, appreciating each other, showing up for each other in times of need, challenging each other to live up to our potential. And one friend that's in the article that she interviews shares, quote, quote, You know, like when I had surgery and you brought me soup and we sat on the back porch and ate it together. To me, that healed my leg. And when Patrick broke down and I went and waited with him for AAA until they came, that made him feel less alone. To me, that's lesbianism. That's lesbian practice. And Mora continues to say, quote, in some ways, I knew exactly what she meant, but it was still a bit confounding because not everyone in the group is a lesbian. Although Maura's friend continued, it was like the lesbians who cared for gay men with AIDS in the 1980s. Lesbianism, how I was trained, is about showing up for people. And I've always tried to tell my parents that being gay isn't a lifestyle, but it kind of is a lifestyle. It just doesn't exist in sex, you know? And so I think that that piece is really great to hear someone share because the potluck and the culture around a queer community is about sharing it's about accountability support community building it's about so much more than the bottle of wine you picked up on your mm-hmm. way to your friend's house from Trader Joe's last minute mm-hmm. it's about more than just what physically you're bringing to the table but being able to sort of show up for each other emotionally mm-hmm. The potluck is to help bring marginalized people out from the margins and connect them with other people who can share their experiences. And it can happen anywhere. Potlucks, formal or informal, exist anywhere. People can provide utensils, essentially. And so I want to close us out with a quote from Maura Ryan, again of the Wine Wednesday tradition saying, quote, you hug and kiss, get asked about your day, and you're handed a glass of wine. Being wanted in a place that you love by people who really love you hits you in a place that's too ethereal to describe, unquote. And I think that really does sum up just what as a concept, the queer potluck is, and that I hope everyone gets to celebrate in some way, whether it's a Friendsgiving, whether it's a potluck, whatever it is, whether it comes in November or it comes in February, I mm-hmm. hope you all get to celebrate that time with people who really appreciate and love you.
0: Well, thank you for that story. Yeah. I never thought about a queer potluck in that way, or, or I'd never really heard of the term queer potluck, but it is such an important thing in the queer community it is like audrey lord was saying it is erotic right or it, it can fit mm-hmm. into this into her definition of eroticism it is this major playing piece in queer communities like this mm-hmm. is such an important way for people to get together and feel valued and wanted and needed and to feel supported and i think that is one of the biggest things that I think we can take away from this story is that Thanksgiving is not just about celebrating with your family. Mm-hmm. You, like you were saying, it could be with a chosen family, with coworkers, with, with anybody. It doesn't have to be with the people that you have some shared blood or you know bloodline Mm -hmm. with like you if your uncle is an asshole and he's homophobic and transphobic (laughs) take this podcast right now that you're listening to this is Rachel and I giving you approval to not go who cares if your mom's not going to be happy or your dad might be a little upset it's like who the fuck cares you don't have to spend time with people that do not value you or do not want you to be there you got to take care of yourself you got to enjoy the time there are so many people that do love you that you can spend time with and share Mm -hmm. the time with and like rachel you're saying this doesn't have to be right now in november it can be in february it can be in the middle of june like it does not matter the time or or place really Mm -hmm. it's just about being in this community being valued being a part of something Mm -hmm. bigger than getting together in a physical space and just kind of being there for each other and and showing up and and being a part of something
1: yeah. Show up, show out. She's giving. Make sure you give it all. Give, give it, live, Back
0: and love.
1: And like, just as Jared was saying, remember that you're valuable. You're valuable to us and there are people in your life, whether it is that chosen family or not, that you're so, so valuable to. Mm-hmm. And if you are spending time with family who maybe you would rather not be in the coming weeks and the coming holiday times – Maybe we'll have to do, like, mukbangs or something Mm -hmm. where we can all eat with you instead.
0: (laughs) Okay, we're going to host one giant erotic queer potluck Love it. Get intimate with us. Yeah, ooh, where we'll all just eat. And if you don't like hearing chewing noises, because I know that's a big thing, we can mute ourselves. And then we all just stare at each other while we eat. Maybe we'll Mm. play some background elevator music.
1: And it'll be fun.
0: And it'll feel very cozy. And we'll all (laughs) cuff together and and be happy one big happy family
1: i love it that sounds like a great plan to me (laughs) i can't wait
0: (laughs) thanks for tuning in to episode 38 of historically really good friends where we talked about queer potlucks this is your weekly reminder that acknowledging the queerness of our history makes going to a fuddle or jacob's join a little bit more fun Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. And to see photos from this week's episode, make sure to check out our Instagram at Historically Really. And make sure to send us your personal stories at friends at gmail.com or message us on Instagram. We hope to see you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Gobble, gobble. gobble. <laughs>